When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. C-3PO and R2-D2 come out. Then Red Fox shows up. I guess is is some sort of Obi-Wan Kenobi character named Oki Pinoki. And then Chris Christopherson is dressed up like Han Solo, right? Like he's got sort of the Han the vest on and everything. I have to assume Chris Christopherson was high as a kite when he filmed this oh, thing. Oh, 100%. Earthlings, and welcome to another episode of the Dagobah Dispatch, where I'm just going to warn you, things are about to get super weird. We have set our time-traveling DeLorean to take us back to the date of September 23rd, 1977. And why would we do such a thing? Because that was when some of the most iconic characters in the Star Wars franchise made an appearance on The Donnie and Marie Show. And what an appearance it was. There was singing, there was dancing, there was something approaching joke telling, I think. And we are going to break it all down for you today, for better or for worse. My name is Dalton Ross, and I'm a little bit country, and she's a little bit rock and roll. So please welcome in my co-host with the most, Devin Kogan. What's going on, Devin? Hello, hello. I feel like I we I should we should have a whole entrance with like ice skaters and <laughs> like fancy lights and just go full full Osmonds, full full seventies. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about this episode, which we will do in just 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 a minute. Um, that I stumbled upon and uh, immediately knew that we had to have a full deep dive <laughs> discussion on the Star Wars Donnie and Marie episode from 1977. Because if we're not going to do it, who is? I mean, it has to be done. It's true. Um. Real quickly before we get into that, some quick housekeeping. Just a reminder, if you want to leave us a voicemail about anything uh, Donnie and Marie related or, or oh, anything please. else, uh, <laughs> the number is 657-799-1566. That is 657-799-1566. You can also uh, vote in our Spotify poll. Now, usually when I say that, I don't. I give the results from the previous Spotify poll, but... <laughs> I don't really know. I think we're kind of like locked out of like our poll or our Spotify for the day or something. So I'm not really sure what's going on there, but I'm assured that it is working and you can leave us uh, your your comments and, and various uh, poll voting. So we will have a poll up for the next episode. And if you listen to it there, you can go and it's a fun little bell and whistle there for you. Um, and I, the, the last poll we had was about how you watch a Star Wars movie marathon. Because if you missed last week's episode, our colleague Christian Holub came on and talked about this annual Star Wars marathon, movie marathon they do, and the best way to watch the movies. I have to say, Devin, I've been a little shaken since that discussion we had. Oh, the yeah? more I think about it, the more confused I get <laughs> that Christian has a Star Wars movie marathon where they don't watch all the movies and they just watch like montages of entire trilogies or, or, or take like 80% of a certain film like Rogue One and just don't watch it. I'm really, this has thrown me for a loop all week. <laughs> I mean, I know when they started, there were only six Star Wars films. So it was much easier to do a, you know, a, a full, full proper marathon. And also this is something that they do annually. So I think if you skip one movie one year, you watch it the next year. It doesn't have to be like all 11 movies every single year. Not everybody has that kind of stamina, Dalton. Like not everybody wants to sit for like 36 straight hours and just watch Star Wars. I mean, we probably would, but that's we're we're uh, we're outliers, I would think. If we check in with him in a decade, a decade from now, I'm talking 2033. We can get in the DeLorean and go to 2033 if we want. Do you think there's any chance in the 10 years between now and then that they'll have watched Rise of Skywalker again during their movie marathon? Maybe once, mm -hmm. once in 10 years. Right. I feel like that's a fair, once a decade, that's probably a fair, you know, just to kind of revisit it. I mean, but like, 
I, I don't know. I'd, I'd put on just the Babu Frick cut where it's just Babu <laughs> just Frick. Just all Babu Frick. And just, just the Babu Frick lines and nothing else. And that's the version of um, Rise of Skywalker I would watch every single year. Um, l- the other thing I want to get into before we tackle Donnie and Marie is uh, the since we last recorded our last episode, the actor strike is now over. Uh, so that means that Certain shows and movies are going to go back in production. What it also means is is that actors can now promote their projects in any way that they deem fit. Now, a lot of that is doing interviews and talking to us or going on, you know, Fallon and Colbert and Kimmel. We're going to red carpets and doing this and that. But another way is through social media. Like they weren't even, if you notice all the stars of Ahsoka we're not posting photos of them, you know, BTS behind the scenes shots of them on the set while the strike was going on because that would be seen as promoting the project that they were striking. But since the strike is now over, Devin, even though Ahsoka has been over for like a month, all of a sudden there was like a flood of Instagram messages and photos and other things that I wasn't really keeping track on, but you and Lauren Morgan sure were. Oh, yeah. It's been super fun. I think specifically for a lot of the actors who worked on Ahsoka who like weren't confirmed ahead of time, this is like they finally get to talk about it. Because, I mean, we got to do some interviews before the start of the strike out of Star Wars Celebration and for our EW cover that came out over the summer um, where we got to talk to Rosario Dawson and Natasha Lou Bordizzo and some of these people that we we knew they were going to be in the show. But for people like Iman Fondi who plays Ezra, or Ariana Greenblatt, who plays uh, baby Ahsoka in the flashback scenes, this is the first time they get to talk about it. So they have been having the best time on social media, just posting all of these incredible BTS photos. Um, if you haven't seen it, go to Aman Fondi's Instagram right now. There is an incredible video of Ivana Sakno, who plays Shin, um, riding around the back of the set, like smoking a cigarette with sunglasses on in a bathrobe, riding on one of those like little like toy land speeders, just like cruising around behind the scenes in the set. It is the coolest a human being has ever looked. And I aspire to be that cool just every single day. It's it's really incredible. It's really delightful. There's another great behind the scenes photo of they put Hayden Christensen on the back of a, a land speeder toy. Um, there's another one of just uh, Mads Mikkelsen smoking behind the scenes in his full uh, Thrawn makeup. It's incredible. I, I love like weird behind the scenes videos and photos. Some of my favorite photos from the original Star Wars trilogy are the ones of just like Carrie Fisher like hanging out in trash cans between sets oh, because so that's good. something she liked to do. Um, so I I've been living for all the the behind the scenes photos. It's it's very fun. I love seeing people in Star Wars outfits in ridiculous situations. I remember when the, you know they have those making of Star Wars and the the big the making of the Empire Strikes Back book when that came out. We did an actual Entertainment Weekly cover showing a bunch of those images, like just the behind the scenes, fun, crazy shots of like them on set. It's so fun. And I love out of context things. You talk about like Thrawn just sitting there smoking a cigarette. Like I I would go on set of The Walking Dead. I've been on set of those Walking Dead shows like a bazillion times. It still gets me every time when I see like a zombie like eating a salad or like on on their cell phone or something like that. It's just so funny. I just, um, I love it so much. So I've been on a couple sets too. And it's so much fun to see people in like full, like fantasy makeup, you know, playing some crazy character and they're just like drinking a smoothie and they're just like, they're just be like, Oi mate, how's it going? (laughs) And you're like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, So I, I, I love that, that kind of stuff. And then some of my favorite photos are from those, those BTS shots from the, you know, original star Wars trilogy or even in the sequel trilogy and, and the and the prequels, there's some incredible ones of like, you know, you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen goofing off on set. So it's it's a blast. So I've I've been having a lot of fun seeing all these these actors who couldn't talk about their roles finally getting to share some of it. And we will start investing, as you know, this podcast uh, for the first you know year plus. Like we had interviews pretty much every week with Star Wars talent. Uh, Unfortunately, because of the strike, we haven't been able to do that for a while, but hopefully in the next few weeks and months, we'll start to be able to roll out some more interviews for you guys 
with some of those people from shows and like Ahsoka and what have you. So hopefully. Come right. On. We can't confirm anything yep. just yet, but I do know that there are a, a few things in the works that you should be very excited for. So stay tuned. We are not done talking about, about Star Wars with, with cool people who worked on it. Now people should stay tuned for that. Uh, do you think anyone's going to stay tuned for, while we talk about Donnie and Marie? <laughs> because I, I hope they do because, oh man, we have a lot to talk about. So let, let's, let's get into this uh, situation. First off, okay, so I was a little kid when Donnie and Marie were on. So like I knew what Donnie and Marie, this variety show was. I just give me real quickly, Devin, your familiarity. I know you know who the people are. I know you know who Donnie Osmond is and Marie Osmond is, but like, how familiar were you with like the Donnie and Marie show? Had you ever watched an episode of the Donnie and Marie show or was this all completely new territory for you? I was familiar with the concept of the Donnie and Marie show. Like I knew, obviously know who Donnie Osmond is and Marie Osmond. Um, I'm well familiar with the idea of, you know, 70s variety shows. I'd never sat down and watched a full episode. Um, you know, my parents had talked about it uh, quite a bit, um, you know, of anybody's moms of a certain age all know who Donny Osmond is. Um, but uh, I had never sat down and watched a proper episode. And look, you know me, I have very weird esoteric taste. I watch a lot of 70s television. I watch a lot of 70s variety shows. I mean, stuff like the Muppets and, you know, some of the Carol Burnett specials and all kinds of crazy things. I had never seen anything quite like this. And I want to know, are they all like this? Yes. Is, are yeah. they all this insane with so much ice skating and craziness? Yeah, the, the Brady Bunch had a variety show at one point. Yeah. Uh, which was, which with, uh, that was one with what, Fake Jan and whatever. And it was the same sort of deal, like just crazy singing, dancing, ice skating, like lots of things happening. And what's really weird about this show, well, let's, 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 let's talk. Like take you through exactly what we're talking about here. And we're going to walk you through the episode, even before the Star Wars stuff. Because for those of you that have not experienced Donnie and Marie, I feel like we need to sort of do that to set the table for what's going to happen once the Star Wars thing happens. So this was the season three premiere. It aired September 23rd, 1977 of the Donnie and Marie variety show. You know, they've got some skits. They got some music. I did, I did look in the credits and... This is probably not a surprise at all that Bruce Valanche was one of the writers on this show, noted for his work on Hollywood Squares and for the Oscars for like a million years. He he worked on this show. He worked on some really other terrible 70s stuff as well. I'm blanking right now, but like, I think he may have worked on, what, what was it? Like some really epically terrible things as well. He was part of the writer's room. Anyway, so just let's let's start you off with a taste right at the very top of the show where they're doing some disco version of Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell as they intro the evening. Let's take a listen. Good evening and welcome to our show. Tonight, our guests are Red Fox, Chris Christopherson, Paul Lynn, The Osmond Brothers, from Star Wars, R2-D2, C-3PO, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, and our own Ice Angel. Incredible. So what's interesting, first off, there's a lot of interesting things about this. I was going to say, we have a lot <laughs> to talk about. Start. <laughs> so this show, as we go through it, like they basically, there's like 30 musical numbers. They're all like 20 to 30 seconds, but there's like 30 musical numbers. And a lot of them are at the time, very recent hits. You hear Southern Nights. This is a this was a hit by Glenn Campbell in 1977. So it's kind of like what it'd be like now if you had a variety show and all of a sudden the hosts are like singing Gaga and T Swift and Beyonce songs. It's just kind of it's it's weird, Devin. It's very weird. Like the closest thing I can think of is just like 
somebody going on TikTok and like choreographing a bunch of like, you know, things to set to popular songs. Um, I guess that's what the the youth do, the TikTok. Um, but I love the fact that they introduce like Red Fox and like um Chris Christopherson and like on the same level as characters C3PO, R2D2, yeah. um, and Vader and Chewbacca. And it's a great shot of Chewbacca's got like his arm around Darth yeah, Vader. Like they're, buddies. Like they're like they're buddies. They're like frat boys, like posing for the camera, just being like, hey guys, we're so excited to be here. And I'm, everything about it is hilarious to me. <laughs> so this intro number of, they're singing a song called Southern Nights and there's very like vague antebellum plantation vibes to the entire thing, which yeah. is like disturbing in its own right. But yet then halfway through the song, all of a sudden a bunch of ice dancers come on uh, I think they're called the Ice Angels. Yeah. So now I'm really confused because having ice dancing on a song about Southern Nights doesn't really track in the common sense of our. It reminds me, Devin, of I went to um, I went to the Super Bowl once. Actually, I went Ooh. to two Super Bowls, but one of them was in Minneapolis. Okay. Now I did not go to the Super Bowl in Minneapolis where when Prince performed, unfortunately. I went to the one where they had a quote unquote winter magic theme, which makes sense because it's Minneapolis. It was January or February. It was freezing at the time. So they had like a rapping snowman and and they're all yelling, yo, Frosty, yo, Frosty. And they had ice skaters come out from the Olympics. Who do you think the main entertainment singer was for the winter magic theme at the Super Bowl? Ooh, I don't know. Who was it? It was. The singer of the Miami Sound Machine, Gloria Estefan. <laughs> Gloria Estefan. Now, again, winter magic, Miami Sound Machine. <laughs> like, who's the person that said, you know who we should get for our winter magic theme? The singer from Miami Sound Machine. That just makes no sense. As does the ice dancers during a performance of Southern Nights. Super weird. Look, ice dancing is eternal. It it knows no bounds. It it is applicable to every genre. Yeah. So this is the and every location. Apparently so, <laughs> at least in the seventies. So it goes like then it progresses to like a long joke about you know they do their monologue I guess right and like they're joking about Marie I guess had just cut all her hair off. She just got a haircut. It's a long bit about Marie's haircut. And, and you know, I, it's funny because my 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 poor wife walked through the room as I was watching this and she stopped for a minute. And I wouldn't have put this together. She goes, oh, right. Yeah. The Dorothy Hamill haircut. I was like, huh? She goes, yeah. Dorothy Hamill, 1976 Olympics was, she had the short hair and that was the big oh. trendy haircut in 1977. So they've done the intro song, they've done their opening monologue, and now it's time, Devin, for them to do a skit, some comedy, right? So to do that, I guess someone in the writer's room said, well, wouldn't it be funny if you all decided to start playing pool with Red Fox? Let's take a listen. You see, pool is a game of etiquette and finesse. And besides, without these cufflinks, I'm a little off balance. Oh. <laughs> hey, why don't you kids join me? All right. Oh, I'm not very good. I wouldn't want to spoil your game for you. Well, how about you? Do you know anything about pool? Are you kidding? I saw the music man five times. Oh. Okay. There's there's two things I want to hit on from this clip, Devin. First off, apparently Red Fox says Marie's line. And I love that they just left it in and just rolled with it. Like, they're just like, I whatever. Let's just like we don't have time for us or the budget for a second take. We're just gonna roll with it. We blew all our budget on ice dancers. Yeah. We gotta we gotta keep rolling. We have no film. And then the the second best part is like Red Fox is questioning whether, you know, Donnie, because, you know, pool, you know, down at the pool halls, there's a lot of like illegal betting and it's, you know, it can be a little bit of a seedy environment. And he's like, do you know anything about pool? And Donnie, like the whitest white person ever is like, hey, I saw the music man five times. (laughs) This is relationship to pool. Oh, it's so good. It's so ridiculous. Also, Red Fox's outfit is fantastic. He's got like this big gold medallion and the big lapels and just it's the most 70s thing I've ever seen. Oh, so then after that whole skit, then Chris Christopherson shows up. He performs the legend. He does a song. 
Then like a marching band comes in. There's a whole marching band situation. Which, and I guess, now this is another thing maybe you didn't know about Donnie and Marie. Donnie and Marie had a theme song. They had like their song that was like their big hit and then they do it every episode. And it went a little something like this. Are you familiar with that song at all? I am. I am familiar. I have. I have heard it before. Um, but I, I got to say, seeing them in a, in the mustard yellow suit singing it is it really enhances the experience. Well, I, I was because I heard this stupid song. I've been like humming it in my head like all weekend, like <laughs> and singing it out loud, and like. And then my wife was kind of laughing about the fact that like Donny Osmond says he's a little bit rock and roll. I'm like, well, he says a little bit, like right, maybe. Like, he's not, <laughs> He's just a little Like, bit. he listened to a rock and roll record once. I know. I love how he says he's got Motown in his soul. I'm like, do you? Do you? Do you have Motown in your soul? Do you? Uh, but he's just a little bit. Just a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> Nothing more than that. But that was their big song. They would do that every week, and everyone sang along, apparently. Uh they knew what the people wanted to hear. Yeah. So then the, after this, they do a, a lot of singing. There's a big medley. Marie's singing some Gladys Knight. Donnie's singing some some Johnny Rivers. Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu. And they just are singing all these different Barry Manilow songs. There's like multiple Barry Manilow songs that are sung in this episode of Donnie and Marie, by the way. Uh, so they do that. Then they then there's a whole skit with Paul Lind. Did you watch this, Devin? I don't know if you watched the non-Star Wars stuff or not, I, because I, I didn't tell you to. I just couldn't help myself. I may have, I skimmed through it, and I may that's have fast-forwarded through, that's through parts it. of yeah, it. That's the way, that's <laughs> but I did watch the whole thing. I did watch the whole thing. Well, just, just so you know, <laughs> after this, they do a skit with Paul Lind. Oh, I watched this part oh, where he's did? like, where she's got the Farrah Fawcett yes. hair. Yes, yes. So it's yep. at, it's at the Hollywood Employment Office, and Marie is pretending to be Farrah Fawcett, and this is right after Farrah Fawcett married Lee Majors and became Farrah Fawcett Majors, and Marie is playing Farrah Lost It Miners. I don't know really what the joke is there, but that's what she's doing. And a little fun fact about Paul Lind. Now this was this came out in 1977. Apparently Paul Lind was on Donnie Marie several times. Paul Lind was like on every I feel like game show, variety show in the 70s possible. Well, in January 1978, so after this episode, while in Salt Lake City to record a segment for Donnie and Marie, Paul Lind was arrested outside a tavern and charged with interfering with a police officer. Apparently his car had been broken into and he had stuff stolen. And then he got belligerent with the cop and was arrested and they later dropped it. But yeah, Paul Lynn getting into a little bit of a, uh, of a here. Oh, wow. Filming, filming that. So anyway, he comes out, he does his stupid skit. Then there's an ice skating dance sequence mixed with like film skateboard footage. And then comes the most disturbing part, which is when the Osmonds come out. Now, I, I can't imagine you watch this, but the Osmond brothers come out and they perform <laughs> Shining Star by Earth, Wind and Fire. And you actually should go back and watch it, Devin. It's the least funky performance of a classic <laughs> funk song I have ever seen in my life. It's like as if they're not the whitest men imaginable. Then they're putting these white suits and they're singing Earth, Wind and Fire. And it's just spectacular in every way. <laughs> and then Chris Christopherson comes out and sings a bunch of other stuff as well. He has a whole bit with like Marie where he wants his her autograph for his kid. And then she wants his autograph for Donnie. And then they do a Lou Rawls song of all things to like to each other. So that's basically everything that happens until Star Wars. Do you have any comments or questions, Devin, before we get into uh, the actual Star Wars segment of the show? I'm just impressed by like the production design and the costumes and the wigs and everything. It's just like, 
what a it seems like a bit of an undertaking. Now everything looks so low budget by comparison. I'm like, dang, they built all these crazy sets and had all these ice skaters going around and I don't know. Now that would all be so CGI. <laughs> What's well, also so interesting, I mean, listen, this is back in the three network days, right? Like there's three yeah. options and even like the worst option we had, you know, 20 million people watching it. You know what I mean? You think about yeah. it, it's crazy. But also it, this was all filmed in Salt Lake City. They had their own production studio there and everything. This wasn't out in LA or New York. This is the middle of Salt Lake City and they, you're right. Like they actually, you know, Spent some some money and time on these things. Uh, all right. We're finally getting to the point in the Donnie and Marie show where Star Wars is about to happen, and we will walk you through all of it, for better or for worse, again, right after this quick break. All right, welcome back uh, as we are going through the Donnie and Marie Variety Hour uh, episode from 1977 featuring Star Wars. And we finally gotten to the point in the show where Star Wars is going to show up. They've kept it at the end of the episode, Devin, because they know that's the big hook, right? This is 1977. Star Wars is the biggest thing in America, if not the world at this point. So they've got the stars of Star Wars. And of course, like any great Star Wars property, although... You know, not on Star Wars streaming series, apparently, at least not until Ahsoka. It has to start with a crawl. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there was an evil force at work to destroy the values by which decent people lived. Values like patriotism, cleanliness, thrift, and good dental hygiene. Did the evil force win the battle? That's for us to know and you to find out. I don't even know what they're talking about. I don't either. I love that patriotism, thrift, cleanliness, and good dental hygiene. Those are the values of, of you know, being the, the forces of good. It doesn't even play into what's happening next. Like there's literally no, no, no connection. So then uh, Donnie Marie coming out, they come out on stage looking like a space disco version of Luke and Leia. And they decide to start singing again with the Barry Manilow. Uh, they're singing uh, Barry Manilow's Riders to the Stars. Let's take a listen. Princess Leia, our goose is cooked unless we lift off of the star. Devin, you want to explain what we just watched there? It was a bop. This was my favorite <laughs> part of this entire stupid thing. I love this stupid performance. It is uh, Donnie and Marie dressed as Luke and Leia uh, before anyone really knew they were siblings. Um, so that's, you know, interesting bit of foreshadowing. Um, and it's just they're wearing like ridiculous. Actually, Marie looks quite yeah. a bit like Leia. Like they she got did. the hair. They got the the long sleeves, the belt, everything. Donnie is wearing an absolutely insane Luke Skywalker outfit. He's got a deep V with so much chest hair. He's wearing high-heeled boots. It is incredible. And, you know, I this was my favorite part of the whole thing. Listen to those harmonies. Yeah, the, They're bop. It's a bop. The choreography is exactly what you'd expect. Lots of, like, jazz hands kind of twirling. Yes. There's, like, some disco points, like, pointing up to the sky sort of moves. 77, baby. Yeah, it's all happening in that. It's like, it's basically like Travolta meets Luke Skywalker, 
kind of is. And they're kind of dancing on this set that kind of looks like it was constructed for like a high school musical mm. in, you know, like a small suburban uh, public high school. Um, it's very glittery. It's got like an orange backdrop that somebody like painted of like a planet. Nothing about it reads Star Wars at all, except for their outfits. Um, and it's it's delightful. I love everything about this. So as if this was not enough, then C-3PO and R2-D2 come out. Then Red Fox shows up. I guess is is some sort of Obi Wan Kenobi character named Oki Pinoki, and he. <laughs> and then Chris Christopherson is dressed up like Han Solo, right? Like he's got sort of the Han the vest on and everything, and he shows up. And for some reason, I don't even understand the plot of what's happening here at this point. But they they need to get off the planet for some reason, and somehow that leads into them singing. Peggy Lee's show me the way to get out of this world. And here's how that happens. Excuse me, sir. What can I do for you? Perhaps you two can explain. Show us the way to get out of this world. For that's where everything is. Everything is going. I don't want to stay here. Who wants to stick around and watch the world disappear? His transistors are in trouble and his tubes are weak. And if we stay, our chances for survival are bleak. So show us the way to get out of this world. For that's where everything is. Okay, I actually like had to turn the volume down in my earbuds because that song was so freaking annoying. <laughs> I literally was like, I can't take this. Oof. Yeah, that one's that one's rough. I love that Chris Christopher's every the thing is, everybody here is very into it. They are committed to the bit. Um, but Chris Christopherson, man, he's on another planet. He's just like, you want me to do what? I'm going to do my best Harrison Ford impression and show up in a vest. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Um, I love uh, R2-D2 getting to get a little bit of vocal solo in there. It gives me a little bit of um, Star Wars Christmas album vibes. Yes. Uh, yes. Good call. And uh, shout out to Anthony Daniels. That's actually Anthony Daniels. He has talked about it in his memoir about filming this Donnie and Marie scene um, and how he quite enjoyed it. Um, but shout out to Anthony Daniels. He shows up whenever they need him. Whenever they need to see 3PO, he is there. I mean, I... I have to assume Chris Christopherson was high as a kite when he filmed this oh, thing. I mean, 100%. I have to assume. I the mean, sunglasses? That was the first thing. There's this a part later, which we'll get to, where like he's not even trying to lip sync. Like, the, like there's a whole group number and everyone else is lip syncing and he's just kind of like not even bothering. But I, I knew he was high as a kite when I saw him. And as if just to confirm that, and, and by the way, Chris Christopherson is a national treasure. Make no mistake. Oh, yeah. Uh, as a singer, as an actor. All that said, I'm not sure he makes the most sense to sing a Sly and the Family Stone song, <laughs> yet that is exactly what happened on the Donnie and Marie show. Hey, 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 he's getting stronger, stronger, he's getting longer too, music is a flash in me, I want So yeah, Chris Christopherson dressed as Han Solo singing Slice and the Family Stone and then ushering Donnie and Marie and C-3PO into betraying Devin's comment of the, the high production value in what seems to be basically like a cardboard box that's supposed to be a spaceship. <laughs> It's my, my favorite part is they like have to walk up a ramp to yeah. get into the spaceship. And so it's like Donnie Marie and Chris Christopherson, they're all walking up this ramp and Chewbacca's there just yeah. like hanging out in the background. And then they get to R2-D2 and he just sort of like sadly spins in circles because he can't get up the ramp. Yeah, he can't get up the ramp. They basically leave R2 there and there's no comment about it. 
I thought it was like there, there's like a leave no droid behind sort of philosophy, but they leave them there. And then I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Doesn't this little SOB have like mini rockets now? Didn't we learn in the prequel that he can fly if he wants? They fly now. This was 1977. They fly now, Devin. <laughs> they fly now. <laughs> I also, I just love Chewbacca standing like in the doorway of this fake cardboard spaceship while Chris Christopherson is singing his song. And he's not moving. He's just kind of like standing there kind of like sadly. <laughs> It's very, it's incredible. It's pretty clear that like they wanted like Red Fox to be in this skit, but that he wasn't there that day of fil- filming because they keep like awkwardly superimposing him and where he'll just sort of show up and say a stupid comment or joke. Yeah, he's like a floating head in the sky, yeah. like the Teletubbies sun baby, mm-hmm. um, where he just sort of like pops in and like says a line about how he's from the planet Sanford, but they don't have any suns. Um, and it's just like, it's absolutely absurd. I think we have a we have a clip of that. I think that's the clip we have. Let, let's take a listen to Red Fox. I guess is, what was the name? Oki Pinoki? Oh, Oki Pinoki? <laughs> Something like that. You know, things are changing out here in space. I come from a distant planet called Sanford. My planet has its own moon, its own stars, and its own galaxy. But this year, Sanford has no sun. I'm going to chalk that one up to Bruce Valanche. I think that's a Bruce Valanche classic (laughs) zinger right there, Devin. I I believe you. I think you're probably correct. Uh, All right. Well, as if this isn't getting insane enough, then Paul Lynn shows up. Paul Lynn... Shows up as like a vaguely imperial officer surrounded by an army of sexy stormtroopers. Uh, I guess these tap are, dancing stormtroopers. Yeah, these are tap dance. These are the ice angels, I think, uh, repurposed into sexy stormtrooper costumes. And if you're wondering what it's like when Paul Lind sings about Star Wars, uh, here you go. You don't have to wonder any longer. Hear my voice where you are. Sure, singing is a strong suit. Absolutely incredible. The thing also to give you context, the whole time it's him watching like Chris Christopherson's rocket fly away, but it's just like footage of like the Apollo mission. It's just like a generic like Getty image stock photo of rocket. It has nothing to do with like space or like like uh the Millennium Falcon or anything. It's just random, random yeah. rocket. And I will say I am obsessed with those ridiculous stormtrooper outfits if i was like a serious cosplayer that's something i would wear yes. i would be like i am the sexy dancing stormtroopers from the 1977 star wars donnie and marie oh special oh my gosh anyone listening now for next comic-con or star wars celebration pull up the clip because that is a deep cut costume um, oh it's so good they've got like these little white high-heeled boots and they're kind of like stomping around and it's incredible well what's weird is that they, they clear listen Chewbacca, they got the Chewbacca suit there. They have the Darth Vader suit we're going to get to in a second. They've got Stormtroopers, they got C-3PO. But then, like, Paul Lind is not in an official Imperial, like, they don't have an Imperial uniform for him. So they made something that's, like, vaguely similar, but not that, which just seems weird to me. But whatever. Uh, All right, so listen, Darth Vader does show up, and he shows up here to talk to Paul Lind, who, like I said, I guess is some sort of Imperial And I want you to listen to this clip, but what I want you to do, Devin, and everyone else is listen very closely to the voice of Darth Vader as we see this uh, introduction to the Dark Lord of the Sith here on Donnie and Marie. I didn't expect a standing ovation, but what's so funny? You, you intergalactic fool, you'll never get them back that way. I suppose you have a better plan. No plan at all. Just a little force. You see, they've come back. They had no choice. Okay, so, uh, Devin, I want to talk about this Darth Vader because it's clearly not the voice of James Earl Jones. 
Do you know who it is? Because I, I, I know who it I, is. I know who it is too. So let's let's not reveal it. If you know who it is, I mean, let's let's put it this way. I did not see in the credits who it was. I have no official confirmation who this was, but I heard it and I knew who it was. Is that, were you the same way or did you do a little digging to find out who this was without revealing? I knew it was somebody, I, I, I was like, this sounds familiar. So I Googled it and I was, right. I, I didn't, I didn't expect this person, but as soon as I learned who it was, I was like, oh, absolutely. That makes okay. 100% sense. So, so let's, I'm assuming I'm right just because it's so distinctive, but let's let the audience play along here a little bit. If you're wondering who that person is doing the voice of Darth Vader, which again, clearly not James Earl Jones, there's really two huge credits this voice actor has. Maybe there's there's other ones, but I know there's two super famous ones from my childhood where you will know this actor. Sammy, let's play the first one of that right now. Morning, Bob. Okay, if I show my friends where we keep the secret formula? Oh, sure, but keep your voices down because we just put in a new sound-sensitive alarm. Right, uh, right. Well, there's the formula for my secret frosting. Wow! It makes Kellogg's Sugar Frosted Flakes cereal a delicious part of your good breakfast. Taste it for yourself. The secret taste of Frosted Flakes makes Tony say... They're great! <laughs> Gosh, I didn't mean to alarm anybody. First off, great commercial. Uh, that is the, the Sugar Frosted uh, cereal voice of my youth there, Devin. Um, this actor, voice actor, also had a second even more famous vocal role. Let's take a listen to that. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a... Greasy black Thurl Ravenscroft, ladies and gentlemen. Thurl Ravenscroft, Tony the Tiger, and the voice of the Grinch in You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Devin, uh, I knew it the second I heard it on Don and Marie. It is one of the most iconic voices of all time. Also one of the greatest names of all time, Thurl Ravenscroft. Um, no, this was like you. I mean, this voice is a huge part of my childhood. Um, and I love the idea of him as Vader. Like, it's it's kind of a brilliant piece of casting. You're like, okay, we need somebody who can do, you know, like campy Vader. And it it works out well. I remember it was it wasn't until the I'd say like the 90s and TNT did some special on the Grinch. And it was hosted by the late great Phil Hartman, and they and that was the first time where they showed the guy who did the Grinch song, and that it was the Tony the Tiger guy, and it blew my mind. I'm like, oh my god, Tony the Tiger is the Grinch! It's incredible, and here he is on Donnie and Marie as Darth Vader. Um, so cool, so fun. All right, so then I guess Darth Vader's involved now, and then somehow we end up with Devin talked about the. We talked about like the sexy stormtroopers, the women in these weird costumes. Well, now the actual real stormtroopers come in and they're dancing. These are, again, stormtroopers, like official stormtroopers from the movie, and they are singing and dancing. And I'm not making this up to get ready by the temptations. This is what stormtroopers sound like when they sing. This is my other favorite part of this whole thing because, oh, what a bop. And the, the stormtroopers are having a great time. They're snapping. They're dancing. So you got the main stormtroopers in the front. Then you got the sexy female stormtroopers dancing in the back. It's just, it's it's a great time. This is this is how the Empire gets people to sign up for 
for service. They're like, you can go and dance and have fun and sing songs. Well, the weird thing is that <laughs> Donnie and Marie and Chris Christopherson are looking really, they're all kind of huddled in the middle and they're surrounded by the stormtroopers and they're looking really, really scared. And I want to be like, these are the least threatening stormtroopers. <laughs> I've, they're literally doing jazz hands. They Ugh. will detain you with the power of song and dance. I guess that's it. They're going to like wear them down <laughs> through this terrible song and dance number. And nothing really makes sense from this point out. Like Chewie shows up again and attacks Paul Lind, but then Darth Vader freezes the Wookiee's arm using the force, like in midair, he freezes it, but then just kind of leaves for no reason. Like he's like, ah, well, I'm out of here. And he leaves then Chewie, who takes Paul Lind on the spaceship while they're serenading them with Jefferson airplanes leaving on a jet plane. And they're doing this big song and dance number where Chris Christopherson clearly does not know the words. So he's just kind of like smiling through it while Donnie and Marie are lip syncing. And then Chewie and Paul Lind return for some reason. Devin, I'm, I just, uh, it's all gone to hell at this point. It's, it's really, it's, it's a magical, magical watch. And I like, it's, it's very bizarre. There, there's no plot. I still don't know what the plot is. I've watched this thing like three times, Um, but it's, it's all vibes, no plot. No. And I respect it. Yeah. No, there's no, no, nothing makes sense. And then, and then it, it has this very ominous ending. Let's take a listen to this. I vow by the power of my force, I shall return. Shall return when? For what? Like, I don't... <laughs> where? On Donnie and Marie? <laughs> They're setting up a sequel. So that way, you know, this can become a recurring thing on, on Donnie and Marie. And also, I love that it ends with, like, a shot of Vader being like, I will return, and he's leaving, but it's a shot of the Millennium Falcon flying away. Um, so they got the Millennium Falcon there, but they couldn't use it for the like the shot where it's like, oh, Han Solo is leaving, so we'll just put in a random rocket that's just like footage from Cape Canaveral. But they they had the actual Millennium Falcon footage. It's there. I know. It's like like what was going on like in between this and the the Star Wars holiday special? It's just like. It's just chaos and cocaine in the 1970s, I think, was just the order of the so day. So that's one of my questions for you. If you had to pick this or the holiday special, which is your favorite? I mean, the, the, the holiday special is worse, but which is also what makes it sort of more appealing in a way. I mean, it's just there's like 20 minutes are spoken entirely in Wookiee. I mean, that's just on a network television show. It's just absolutely bizarre. There's literally like some sort of a virtual sex scene too that happens where like Chewbacca's dad Lumpy is basically having like virtual reality sex with who is it, Diane Carroll or someone? I mean, it's just- Yeah, like in the living yeah, room. it's bonkers. It's weird. So I don't know. I, I, you know, then they sign off and they basically are like, Join us next week where they're doing a Wizard of Oz tribute. I guess just every week they did some sort of like parody or tribute. And and then Paul Lind is showing up again, they say next week. Like Paul Lind apparently was living in Salt Lake City and just showing up on the Donnie good Marie gig. show every week. I guess so. When he wasn't on Hollywood Squares, I guess he was just always on the Donnie Marie show. There was one thing that I totally forgot about this show till I watched this, that Donnie Marie, not only did they have the I'm a little bit country song that they do every week, but they had a closing song. They had a closing song that they would sing every week. And th in this episode, they had to sing it while dressed up as, as Luke and, and Leia. And that song is May Tomorrow Be a Perfect Day. May tomorrow be a perfect day. May you find love and laughter along the way. May God keep you. Everybody. Watching it again, Devin, you're right. It's an aggressive amount of chest hair on Donnie's right. Part. That is yeah. a deep V. Yeah. That is like almost to the belly button V neck. That was the look. It's a lot. That was the look. But this is this is Burt Reynolds era. 
You know what I mean? It's true. That was that was. Look, the there's actually a whole thing. Not to go on a tangent, mm. but male chest hair is very out in Hollywood now. If you're going to be cast as a superhero, if you're in a Marvel movie or whatever, they make you wax your chest, and you go back and you watch the '70s, and you're like, "Oh my god, people used to be so hairy in Hollywood." Yeah. Bring it back. What Donnie wants to bring it back. Uh, all right. So, how do you feel about this Star Wars segment and just Donnie and Marie in general? Since this is, I feel like, your first real taste of this era or error, as it were. <laughs> I kind of love the earnestness and the camp. It's fun to watch this after watching the holiday special where everybody in the holiday special like does not want to be there. Like Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, they don't want to be there. They why are they there? Whereas like Donnie Murray, they seem like they're having a really good time. They get to dress up in fun outfits and get to cosplay and sing some silly songs. Um Chris Christopherson probably has no memory of this <laughs> at all. Um, if you talked to him and you were like, hey, do you remember that thing you shot where you were Han Solo? He would look at you like you were crazy. Um, but everybody else seems to be super into it and having a great time. Um and Look, I'm obsessed with the like uh, dancing stormtroopers. They're my favorite part. Um, just like I want to learn that choreographed dance where they're, they're like we're we're Vader's Raiders and we're we're here yeah. to get you. Or whatever the lyrics yeah. are, incredible. Pretty scary incredible. stuff there. Uh, definitely. Well, listen, you you all can can I don't know if I recommend it, but you can watch it for yourself. This all these clips and episodes are on on YouTube. I mean, I think you can pull up basically any Donnie and Marie episode. I think there's like an archive of episodes. Just don't don't fall down that rabbit hole, everyone. Once you start watching Donnie and Marie, you can't stop. You can't stop. Look, I love me some 70s television. I've exclusively been watching, um, you know, Rockford Files and Columbo mm. reruns for the past like three months. Um, but this might be where I where I draw the line. It's I don't I don't know how much I can how much more I can I can. Take. I feel like I need to get you on some 1980s Trapper John MD. I feel like that should be your Ooh. next just like random 80s show that you that like you should watch i'm into it i'm looking for looking for new ones people are like have you watched the bear have you watched you know um white lotus no but can i sing the praises of Columbo, yeah. a show that has been off the air for 30 years yes you may yes you may uh best show ever made all right well this was this is either a great idea or a terrible idea or somewhere in between you can tell us you can call us 657-799-1566. Was this a great idea to talk about Donnie and Marie and Star Wars or was this the worst idea ever? Uh, you can leave us uh, your thoughts concerning anything we said here today at that voicemail number and uh, yeah, we'll put you on next week's show. Also, we'd be super appreciative if you could take the time to follow, rate, and review the podcast. That would be amazing. Uh, and let us know who you want us to talk to. Now that the strike's over, what, what are some Star Wars actors you'd like for us to try and get on the show? Let us know. We'll try and do that for you. Uh, you can also connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross and at Devin Kogan. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch Podcast is hosted and produced by Dalton Ross and Devin Kogan. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening and may the force be with you.